Hello and welcome to Chords of China. I'm your host Jade. In each episode, I'll introduce you to a classical Chinese instrument. You'll hear how it sounds, how it's used in both ancient and contemporary music, and you'll hear from musicians and artists who share with us their stories on how and why they came to master it. In this first episode, we'll be talking about a stringed instrument called the gu qin, which is also known as a seven-string zither. It's been around for over three thousand years and is one of the most iconic instruments in ancient Chinese culture, which is why it's a good place for us to start our series. What does the gu qin sound like? What does it look like? Where did it come from? And how has it influenced Chinese culture? Let's find out on Chords of China. The name Gu Qin breaks down to two Chinese characters. One is Gu, which means old, and Qin, which means musical instrument. This name makes sense when you consider that it's three thousand years old and one of the most revered Chinese instruments. It used to go by just one name, Qin, meaning it was the musical instrument, which is a sign of its dominant position in Chinese music. Zhang Xuguang is a guqin musician with the China Broadcasting Chinese Orchestra. The guqin was originally a musical instrument for ancient Chinese scholars and literati, who typically played for friends and for personal enjoyment. The guqin is regarded as an instrument that expresses one's inner feelings, resolves sadness, and enriches the heart of the instrument player. Before we go too much further, let's take a moment to talk about what the guqin looks like. It's a long, narrow box with a slightly convex upper surface made of polonia wood. The bottom of the guqin is usually made of Chinese catalpa wood. The top is rounded, and its curved appearance represents the sky, while the bottom is flat, which represents the earth. So when someone plays the guqin, their performance represents a union of heaven, earth, and men. Modern guqin have seven strings, but originally it had only five strings, which represented the five elements, being metal, wood, water, fire, and earth, that in ancient Chinese philosophy made up everything in the universe. Then, about two and a half thousand years ago, a sixth string was added. This string produces what often sounds like a sorrowful tone, which is no coincidence. It was added by the first ruler of the Zhou Dynasty so that he could mourn his dead son. Then the following ruler of the Zhou Dynasty added another string. The seventh string was designed to boost the morale of his soldiers when the empire went off to war with its neighbors. 
So it's fitting that it often makes a masculine, resonant sound that inspires and lifts the spirits. The guqing has a head, shoulders, a body, and a tail. It's just like a human being who has similar features. At the bottom of the instrument, there are two little supporting knobs called yanzu, literally translated as wild goose feet. They are tightly fastened to the bass panel for the purpose of supporting the body of the instrument and tightening the strings. The hardwood part below the forehead is called yue shan or mountain, where the string is installed. In addition, the part below the waist is what we call the zither tail. Along the length of the guqin are small dots, which play a role similar to that of the frets on the guitar. The 13 white dots on the outer edge of the guqin indicate the pitch positions. They represent the 13 months in a lunar year. The entire length of the Guqing in Chinese measurements represents the 365 days of the year. The timber of the Guqing is refined and profound. Its bass notes are deep and thick. while its high notes are very bright and clear. The guqin produces three different types of notes, known as open string, stopped string, and harmonics. The strings are plucked with your right hand, and each one produces a different note. And just like when you play a guitar, you use your left hand, assuming you're right-handed, to push down on the strings to change how the note sounds. And like a guitar, where you press the string and how hard determines the type of sound that string makes when you pluck it. If you press down hard, you get a firm note. And if you press down softly, you get a more subtle change of tone. The harmonic style reflects the clearness and brightness of the sky. Which often features a transparent and light timber. The opening string technique contains a deep, earth like, and thick tone. And the stopped string method depicts the varying emotions and feelings like that of human beings. With movement of the left hand for vibration, whether subtle or aggressive, the instrumentalist can convey a multitude of sentiments.
more than 1,000 different finger techniques used for the guqin. This makes it one of the world's most versatile stringed instruments when it comes to playing techniques. Most of these methods are lost to history, but around 50 of them are still used in performances today. Zhang Xuguang says tiny differences in finger techniques produce many different shades of musical timbre. Guqin playing is actually a combination of left and right hand motions. For the right hand, there are eight basic finger techniques. This is tuo or the inward thumb pluck. This is pi or the outward thumb pluck. This is more or index in. This is tiao or index out. You may already notice that one note being plucked can be varied to different tones. Thinking back to his first encounter with the Guqing as a learner, Zhang Xuguang says it was like someone poured a bucket of cold water over. It poses a formidable challenge, and he wanted to chicken out, especially when he read the music scores for the first time. I totally blanked out. I had no idea what those symbols meant. No rhythm, no intonation. Is unlike the staff notation or numbered notation that's commonly used by musicians today. Traditional Guqing music scores were full of weird symbols that didn't make any sense to me. Traditional musical notation for the Guqing doesn't tell you exactly what notes to play. Instead, it details the tuning, the finger positions, and the stroke technique, like a word document. Only none of the characters are proper Chinese words. This makes it less like modern simplified musical scoring and more like a step-by-step -step description of how a piece is played. This type of longhand notation for the guqin is called written notation and was invented around 1,500 years ago. Then in a Tang dynasty, around 200 years later, the notation was simplified and it hasn't changed much since then. The notation for the guqin is called jianzipu or simplified ideogram notation because the symbols were derived from Chinese written script. Jianzipu indicates the player's hand positioning and finger techniques. Each symbol is a cluster of Chinese characters that tell the guqin player where to put their hands, which string to pluck, and the finger they should use to pluck it and where to stop the string. You 
Without referring to staff or numbered notation, you've got to try each cluster of tablatures on the guqing in order to hear the sound. The difficulty of guqing playing made it well suited to its role as largely an elite art form, practiced by noblemen and literati in intimate settings out of the public eye. In ancient times, scholars were expected to master four arts, namely playing the guqing, writing calligraphy, painting, and an ancient form of chess. Sometimes these pursuits were combined in a way that turned the instrument into unique historical artifacts. The instrument sometimes becomes a collection of Chinese culture, including music, poems, calligraphy, and seal cutting. Poems and calligraphy treasures by ancient literati can be found on the bottom of ancient guqings that have been passed down for 1,300 years. What you're hearing now is a masterpiece of the guqin called liu shui, which means flowing water. Liu shui was originally composed around 2,000 years ago by one of history's most renowned guqin musicians, Yu Boya. Although Yu earned a lot of respect and recognition in the musical realm, he struggled to find someone who really understood his music. Until he met Zhong Ziqi, who was his close friend and kindred spirit. When Yu played, Zhong said, "It's so wonderful. I can see lofty Mount Tai in front of me." Yu played another tune, and Zhong exclaimed, "It's as melodious as the flowing water." They shared an intense friendship and a deep appreciation of music. When Zhong later died from illness, Yu cried and said, "Now that my friend Zhong is gone, why should I play the guqin anymore?" He smashed his beloved instrument and would never play again. The story was the origin of the Chinese phrase "high mountain and flowing water," which people used to describe kindred spirits or wonderful melodies. In 1977, this piece of music was blasted into space as part of a collection of music from around the world carried on the pair of golden records attached to the U.S. Voyager spacecraft. Performed by the modern-day guqing master Guan Pinghu, this small piece of Chinese culture. Is now around 20 billion kilometers from Earth, outside of our solar system, and on its way to the stars. Compared to other classical Chinese instruments, the guqin has the largest number of musical pieces. We now have. 呃，古琴谱呢，大约有一百五十多部
At present, about 150 Guqing tablets, including more than 3,000 musical pieces, have been passed down from generations. Among them, only several hundred pieces are often played. There are still a large number of ancient tablets to be transcribed into a playable form. Along with Guqing musical pieces, there are also songs that have been passed down. Piece, three variations of Yang Pass is among them. The music expresses the sentiments of friends about to part. This version was sung by the Chinese singer Gong Linna and produced by her husband Robert Solish, known in China as Lao Luo. Originally from Germany, Lao Luo has been working on Guqing music for the past two decades. I think the Guqing has incredible power in its sound and abilities to express very, very deep feelings and create moods which, which are very, very special. Because, but not because only of the instrument itself, but because of its very, very long history and the way it was used for so many centuries. So being connected to philosophical thoughts in in mainly in Taoism, but uh, but also in Confucianism and Buddhism later, all this kind of back, uh, background is so important for Guqin music. Lao Luo graduated from the Berlin Academy of Music in the 1980s, and in 1993 was awarded a scholarship to study traditional Chinese music in Shanghai. Over the past twenty years, he's been trying to find ways to bring its old sounds to new ears. The guqin is a, an extremely silent instrument.、Um, so classically, combining the guqin with a drum wouldn't really work out. But today, with amplification technique, that's very tempting, very interesting. Because the guqin, if you have a really good、um, pickup sound pickup system for、mm-hmm. guqin. You can make this sound sounding very, very, very different. Take a guitar played with rock music; it can be incredibly great music. Lao Luo is not the only musician with a quest to keep the guitar alive and relevant in modern music. Chinese post-rock band Zhao Zi, aka The Swamp, has tried to introduce an electrified guitar into rock and roll. Hai Liang is the band's guqin player. 
觉得每一个人，特别是去做一些新的尝试的时候，肯定不是所有的人都能够接受。我觉得有争鸣是好事，特别是。One cannot expect everyone to accept when he or she is trying something new, but I think contention is positive, especially in the realm of art. The good chin is a significant inheritance of our traditional culture. It has been well preserved thanks to many people's efforts. I think there should be some individuals that preserve and pass it along, as well as explore the potential of the instrument. So I turned the guqin into an electric instrument fitting for the rock and roll stage. I think the vitality of any musical instrument lies in the notion that it not only can depict the lives of the ancients, but also can demonstrate the lives and emotions of modern people. With a sound that's echoed through the past 3,000 years of Chinese culture, the guqin remains a favorite instrument of Chinese art lovers. Its place in history was recognized by UNESCO in 2003 when guqin music was added to the list of its register of oral and intangible heritage. And five years later, UNESCO added the guqin to the world's list of intangible cultural heritage. And that's all for this episode of Chords of China. If you've enjoyed it, please give us a rating and leave your review. The more stars you give us, the easier it'll be for other people to find this series. And I hope you'll join me again for another episode of Chords of China. This has been a China Plus production. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free. If you have any comments about the episodes, just send us an email: podcast at cri dot com dot cn. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook and Twitter at China Plus News. 